Jody Balma with a slice of orange. And today you'll meet Professor Dan Jacobson, candidate for Orange County Superior Court Judge. How his experience with homelessness informs his perspective on compassion and community. His experience as a law professor and a practicing lawyer has prepared him for the bench. And why voters should look for diversity of experience and wisdom as they choose judges for our community. You can learn more about him at jacobsonforjudge.com. And I hope you enjoy this episode. Nice of orange. Today I'm talking with Dan Jacobson, a candidate for Orange County Superior Court judge. And as we do with these judicial candidates, we want to learn a little bit more about you and what voters should know. So welcome. Well, thank you very much, Jody. It's a pleasure to be here. So just let's start with your personal story and why you chose to become a lawyer. Well, those are kind of uh, two different uh, uh, questions that lead into one. So I'll start with with the personal story. I had a wonderful uh, adolescence. I loved high school. When I left high school, things kind of went down for me. And actually, in the early 80s, I was homeless for about uh, for for a short period of time. That gave me an incredible perspective on life that I use to this day. I met people that a successful high school student wouldn't have met, and I learned a lot about people. I learned a lot about there's a lot of good people who are homeless. Mm, absolutely. And, and so, and then why I wanted to be a lawyer, I think was your, your yeah. question, was I st- as I became unhomeless and was was working and and getting getting along not living in the best part of town but living and i came to the conclusion that i needed to push my my self my intellect my my uh being my soul into an area and the area that seemed appropriate for me was was law and I still had a couple of units of college that I had to finish, so I finished those, and then I went to school at what was then Western State University College of Law in San Diego. By the way, that school broke away from its Orange County uh, mother and became Thomas Jefferson School of Law, mm. and as part of the the deal that between the the two institutions was apparently that the people who went to Western State here in uh, Orange County would be counted as uh, alumni from Western State, and those who went to Western State in San Diego would be counted as as people who went to Thomas Jefferson. So if you were to, to Check with Western State University College of Law in Irvine. They would say, "No, nah, he didn't go here." <laughs> You'd have to check with Thomas Jefferson School of Law in San Diego, and they'd say, "Yeah, he went there," oh. even though it didn't exist at the time that yeah. I went to school. But I did get an extra diploma out of it. Well, it, that's that's a nice bonus. Now, tell us a little bit about how how do you go from being homeless to 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 law school? Who, who helped? Of, what resources? 
you know, that that's a hard transition for a lot of people. I had a lot of love in my life mm. and from family, friends. And at one point I was able to get an apartment, still didn't have any work. But you know what? This is going to sound a, maybe sound a bit silly to some people and make perfect sense to other people. I got a cat. Oh, and yeah. now I had responsibilities to take care of Grace. That was mm-hmm. the name of my cat. And that pushed me to rise further. I got uh, not a good job, but a job. Um, I was able to get a job. And then I went to, oh, before that, I went to trade school. I got a job. Then I went to paralegal school. And then I decided it's time for law school. And I went to law school. So the bottom line is that with the love of friends and family, I was able to, while I was just on the ground, get up, dust myself off, work hard, continue with 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 getting a lot of love, including from Grace, my cat, and work my way up to law school. Went to law school. I finished in two and a half years. And actually, when 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 the semester started, there were 27 of us on the two and a half year program. Mm. Three of us finished on the two and a half year program. Mm-hmm. Uh, two of us graduated. George apparently had to go to prison. Oh. <laughs> there was some sort of uh, tax thing or, or something like oh. that. He, he was just gone. So. Uh, the two of us, the two of us finished. Uh, one has since passed away, and here I am. Here you are. Wow. Yes. You know, I I think that that is something that a lot of people resonate. That idea of the love of an animal, the the responsibility, the connectedness um, of all of that, and I think it's it's why we really struggle with shelters that don't allow people to take their animals, um, and and so oh, many of our policies just really make it difficult for people to get shelter and have that that companion animal, that emotional support animal, just the love of their family. I agree with you 100 percent on 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 all that, that, that you said, the the unconditional love of mm-hmm. an animal and the drive to take care of the animal yeah. who, who is giving you unconditional love is extremely important. And it's important that that we find some way to allow to allow and require shelters to allow for pets. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so you graduate law school, you start practicing. What what does your legal path look like? So I graduated in 1987 and I took the I took the bar exam twice. I liked it so much, meaning I failed the first time. <laughs> I, I, I love I love that take on. <laughs> So I started my practice in my apartment in San Diego with a typewriter and a telephone and and just me. I am blessed that 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 is how I started, because when I have my assistant do something, when I have a lawyer do something, when I, I understand what he or she is doing. Uh-huh. I understand how long it can take. I understand that it that it's it, it might be difficult or it might be easy. I get it. And worst comes to worst, you know what? 
I'll, I'll be up in 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 uh, in a mailroom uh, put, putting stamps on on a, <laughs> on an envelope. I, I can do it. It's okay. It's not that hard. It's all right. Sure, sure. So, and then I would meet clients down at the law school, Western State University slash Thomas Jefferson School of Law, uh-huh. and that's how I I started. And eventually, I got an office. Then I got a nicer office, and I did that for five years, about five years, a little under five years. My practice consisted about a third of family law, a third of uh, personal injury law, and I forget what the other third was. <laughs> it was a long time ago. What could I sure, say? Sure. But something that will become important uh, as we speak is it wasn't criminal law. Yes. It, it was something else. And that leads into a, a, a good yes. A good segue that, you know, my listeners know that that we've talked a lot about in the 2022 election. You know, there were nine seats and every one of them had a deputy district attorney. And so your opponent in the March primary um, is has that golden ballot designation of deputy district attorney, which gives him a tremendous advantage even before anyone knows anything about him. That's correct. And so what, you know, you're a law professor, you've served on the California Board of Accountancy, you have a very different field of experience. And because so many of our courtrooms in Orange County are not criminal, um, how do you think that your experience is needed on the bench? I was talking the other day to a fellow who at one time clerked at the California Supreme Court, he estimated that about 25% of the courtrooms in Orange County were criminal law courtrooms, and the rest aren't. So there's not really a a reason to automatically go for the the deputy district attorney. It's it 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 is better to do do research on the candidates see what kind of person they he or she is what kind of practice has been uh has been practiced what kind of practices have been practiced now i talk about my first 5 years a third of it was personal injury that i was a uh plaintiff's attorney in uh as a personal injury attorney well i went from that to joining a law firm where I was a defense attorney for personal injury. The benefit of having been a plaintiff's attorney was immense. I understood from where they were coming. I understood what was going on. I understood what the motivations were. And so as as I continued on in, in law, I got to really get into and enjoy contracts. Now, this puts me in in the 99th percentile of nerdism, legal nerdism. But I love I, I agree. I agree. Uh, thank you. <laughs> I love contracts. A good contract, I was working on one yesterday, a good contract is designed to prevent litigation, not to promote litigation. You can go Maybe there's a dispute, and then you 
say to the other side, let's look at the contract. And then you figure out, uh, yeah, she was right. It, it's that that's that's what it says. And yeah. if, if you, you try to anticipate the, the potential questions and answer them, right. Exactly. Have the answer right there. And and this it's also helpful to there's a there's there's a doctrine in in uh, contract law and in actually in statutory law called the plain meaning rule. And the according to the plain meaning rule, unless the author of the uh, authors of, of the contract or of the statute have chosen to use a word in in some sort of technical sense, the plain meaning applies. And you find the plain meaning under under the doctrine. You find the plain meaning in an ordinary dictionary. You open a, a Webster's or, 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 or so, something like that and find the plain meaning. It's helpful if the contract is written in language that's pretty simple. And it's helpful when one is reading a contract not to be scared off by words that may seem a bit more difficult. When when you read a contract, just read the phrase, understand the phrase, then go on to the next part, understand that phrase, put the two together, go on to the next part, and ultimately you'll understand the contract. So anyways, I, I learned to just love contracts, and I ended up teaching contracts for many years. I was on, uh, I practiced law for 35 years, and of those 35 years, uh, about 25 years, I've been on faculty uh, teaching night school, or sometimes weekends. I get an older student, and I get someone who uh, needs needs some, ha has some knowledge that is helpful and has some knowledge that's not helpful. So I have to break bad habits, teach new habits. Uh -huh. And I just love contracts. But as I, my clients became, may, may have come to me for a contract issue. They come back to me on kind of everything else. Sure, sure. So the breadth of my experience is extremely wide because of that, because of, of uh, having to deal with all sorts of different uh, issues. There's, they have rarely been in the, in the criminal law arena. Uh, one that I can remember was there was a, a fellow who was in jail basically for traffic. He got he got traffic tickets and he didn't pay them and then then uh, he didn't show up at the court hearing and 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 he's basically in jail for for traffic. Well, so got that and then I, I'm general counsel to several companies and uh -huh. I deal with their contracts and again pretty much everything else. Uh, I don't deal with uh, taxes because I don't think I can do an excellent job on taxes. I don't deal with bankruptcy because I don't think that I can do an excellent job on bankruptcy. And I only want to do things on which I can do an excellent job. If it's an area that I have not covered yet, well, I research it. There's books. It's not, it's, it, and they're in English. So I can read them, research them. I, I gained an enormous amount of experience in, in researching and in understanding how to research. We now nowadays we do a lot of research on the computer through Lexis or Westlaw. 
Those are computer um, computerized uh, law libraries. And the methodology is somewhat different, but they both work. Actually, sometimes the computer is better. Sometimes running down to the Orange County Law Library is, is a better way of, of doing things. So when someone comes in, they may have an issue that I haven't covered before, but I can cover it because uh-huh. I know how to find things. I know. And I know here, here's the most important thing in law is not to know the answer, but to be able to figure out the question. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. And if you if you're able to figure out they, they 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 may spew out a bunch of stuff, you narrow it down to the question. Maybe there's two or three questions. And yeah. then you find the answers to those questions and you can take care of. And the same is true for a judge. A good judge may not know the answer. In fact, when something is is presented to him for the first time, he or she will not know the answer. But right. he or she can learn, can figure out the question. And there are deputy district attorneys who can who can do that. But it's so much better to have. You know, we talk about diversity in terms of race and ethnicity, and that's all extremely important. To, to get diversity in those areas on the bench. But it's also very important to get diversity in practice, a diversity in uh-huh. knowledge, diversity in knowledge of different areas of the law. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's true. And, and, and you know, one thing that really resonates with me as I read your ballot statement, which, you know, hopefully gives some insight into at least what the candidates um, are presenting of themselves as a candidate. And and that's tough with judicial candidates. It's, you know, it's not a partisan office. It's hard to know. But but the word that you keep repeating, and I see it on your website as well, is is wisdom, is is, is what you offer um, the, the Orange County Superior Court, your wisdom, your experience. And so can you talk a little about why that resonated so much as as kind of your watchword of, of what you're really centering your statement on? The psychologists tell us that wisdom is the product of knowledge and experience. In law, as in many areas, as we gain experience, we also gain knowledge. And they get mixed together. And then what you get is wisdom, where you can sit back and think about what is before you. Figure out the question and find the answer. Uh-huh. Without wisdom, you, you can rattle off a bunch of statute numbers, uh, a bunch of, uh, of names of cases, and it's, it's flat. It's, it's empty. There's nothing there. With wisdom, you don't even have to rattle off the numbers of statutes. In fact, I know the, the numbers of very few statutes off the top of my head, but I know where to find them and I know what they say. Yeah. And the same with cases. I may not know the name of cases, but I know what they stand for. Uh-huh. I know what they say. And that what is in some people a flat, empty rattling off of numbers and cases is filled and balloons with the wisdom that one gets through the years 
by really doing the the hard work of finding things, figuring out the question, and then finding the, the answer. And then next time you have to figure out a question, maybe it's a little easier because you've found an answer. And next time, a little easier. And after 35 years, it gets much easier. And it can be done more efficiently. But it has to be done with thoughtfulness and without rattling, just rattling off numbers. That, that's, that's nothing. Right, right. So, so how do you campaign for judge? What, what, is your, what is your hope to get voters to pay attention? I have my website, jacobsonforjudge.com. Jacobson spelled S-O-N. In any case, that is kind of the, the hub of my campaign. And then, quite frankly, as we get closer to the election, I'm going to be sending texts to multiple, to, to multiple areas of Orange County. And they are designed, those texts are designed to push people to the website, because I think the website gives a, a very good profile of who I am, what I stand for, and how I'll be as a judge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anything else, anything I've left out or you want to share about why people should look at your website and your candidacy and consider you for judge? Yes. Let me give you a, an, an example of something. For five years, I volunteered as a temporary judge at the Santa Ana Courthouse in small claims cases and in, in traffic cases. And there's one case that stands out to me. It was a contracts case. Some big company, name I, I don't remember, was billing this fellow down in San Diego over and over and over and over again, and then sued him in small claims court in Santa Ana. He came up from San Diego to defend himself. Each side presented their points of view. The plaintiff eventually said, you know, we'd like to dismiss the case against Mr. Smith because the plaintiff saw that he didn't owe the money. He did not owe the money. And I said, well, your motion is denied. Your motion to dismiss Mr. Smith is denied. Mr. Smith has endured all of these erroneous bills. Your company has not responded appropriately by say by saying, okay, we'll, we're, we'll, we'll leave you alone because you don't owe the money. He's explained why he doesn't owe the money. He's come up to Santa Ana from San Diego. He's presented irrefutable evidence that he, that he doesn't owe the money. And he's going to get something for that. Judgment is for the defendant. So while the plaintiff wanted to dismiss it and make it go away after all of this time of harassing this fellow, I wanted to give him a judgment because he was harassed. I wanted him to leave that courtroom with his head held high, knowing that the judiciary responded to him, knowing that the judiciary listened to him, and knowing that the judiciary did the right thing, which was not to sweep it away, but to find in his favor. 
And I think that I know that that is the type of philosophy that I will bring to the bench on a permanent mm-hmm. basis. Yeah. And I think that experience is important of, of, of having that role and, and knowing that that the what the job is and, and how you would approach it. So yes. I appreciate you spending some time with me and, um, you know, good luck on the campaign trail. Uh, and Thank you. yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you very much.